We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. Trevor Lane, you can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. You can find me over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. A lot of NBA news to get into, but first and foremost, you might notice no Keith Smith with me today. Instead, we've got our good buddy Ron Gutterman. In fact, this is why we've had a little bit of a delay in terms of getting a new show out. Poor guy, Keith, his air conditioning unit completely went out. And as you know, he lives in Orlando. Kind of a necessity. So he is working out of a hotel right now and doesn't have the bandwidth to jump on our show. So saving the day, Ron Gutterman. Ron, thanks for jumping in. Yeah, thanks for having me. I do feel for Keith. I couldn't imagine if my AC went out uh, and I don't live in Orlando. So I imagine living in Orlando would be a lot worse. So, you know. Yeah, slightly toasty in the Smith residence at, uh, at this point. But he's hoping by the end of the week he'll be back up and running and back at his house. But Ron, there's a ton of stuff for us to get into around the NBA. Let's start with pretty incredible news here. Uh, Victor Wembayama could be the number one pick. It seems like he's the favorite for the number one pick in next year's draft. And he measured barefoot, mind you, not in shoes, barefoot, measured seven foot four with an eight foot wingspan. This is absolutely ridiculous when you hear measurements like this you go oh no wonder why teams like the jazz and the spurs and and some others are making moves actively attempting to tank because this guy could be a franchise changing type of talent yeah i mean this guy is one of the one of the more intriguing prospects that we've we've ever seen uh you know the hype around him is probably greater than zion williamson at this point which is like crazy to say considering what Zion Williamson was when uh, when he was in college, when he was in his one year at Duke. But yeah, this is just one of those prospects that, I mean, the, the tank wars this season are going to be atrocious. I mean, we're already seeing it. There's four or five teams just loading up or doing the reverse, whatever the opposite of loading up is. Uh, <laughs> to, yeah, to try and to try and get this number one pick. Uh, now, no disrespect to the rest of the draft. I hear this is a fantastic draft class. Mm-hmm. Um, very good, like top seven or eight. It, it's a pretty deep draft, but you know, Victor Wembanyama is is kind of the prize here. And just seeing these measurements, it, it doesn't even he doesn't feel like a real person when you watch well, and, it. And, and so Scoot Henderson, who's one of the other top prospects, uh, they're going to play against each other in in Las Vegas in early October. Sounding like that's going to come together. In fact, the dates happen to coincide with some of the dates the Lakers will be there. 
for preseason. So if you're an L.A. fan, maybe a good opportunity to go see two of the top young prospects, plus catch the Lakers in preseason action in Las Vegas as well. I believe it's October 4th, 5th, 6th, right, right in that range that they'd be playing against each other. Of course, Scoot Henderson will do everything he can to try to prove that he should be the number one overall pick. But that that contest is going to generate a lot of buzz. Like you said, this should be a really good draft class. So these teams that are tanking right now could find themselves in a great spot in June. Uh, Rod, let's let's jump from there. Let's talk about a former Laker. Montrezl Harrell finally signs, had some legal troubles earlier this summer. That's why he was still out on the market, played with a little bit with the Charlotte Hornets this past season, former sixth man of the year. Now he lands with the Philadelphia 76ers. What do you think about the pickup for uh, for Philly there to have Trez now as part of your big rotation, maybe as the primary backup for Joel Embiid? Yeah, I think this is a I think this is a really quality signing for the Sixers. Um, you know, legal troubles aside, uh, Montrez Harrell, at least in the regular season, is like a really capable backup. Uh, and the Sixers, I mean, we saw last season what they looked like in the ten to fifteen minutes a game that Joel Embiid wasn't on the court. It was really ugly. Uh, they they did not look good at all, and this is kind of a, a good answer, I think, to that equation where when you go away from Joel Embiid, yes, you're losing a ton of size and you're losing pretty much all of the defensive ability, but you will still be able to score the basketball, which is, you know, that's important. Uh, it's half the game. So I think Montrezl Harrell makes a really good fit there. Obviously, they still have Paul Reed as, as a serviceable backup option, but Montrezl Harrell is one of those guys that you can kind of just plug into any offensive system and he's going to find a way to make it work. He has the talent there. So this is better than anything they were working with last year. And he gets a, a two-year deal, $5 million and change for, for Trez. But the second year is a player option. Have to imagine that the goal for Trez is going to be to rehabilitate his value here with the 76ers and then opt out next summer and get a bigger deal in free agency. That's I would have to imagine that's going to be the game plan here for Trez and also reuniting here with former Clippers head coach Doc Rivers. So you get that reunion as well. I, I don't know what the market would look like for Trez, but looking ahead, 2023 doesn't look like a super deep free agency class, particularly once we start to get some extensions that kick in for some of these players mm -hmm. that, that could be hitting the market. So I think it's possible that Trez could find himself in a much better situation next July. Yeah, and, and and the interesting thing for Montrez Harrell is actually nothing is going to change about his value until April. Everyone knows what he is in the regular season. Everyone knows that he's a great regular season player, one six man of the year. The questions around Montrez Harrell have pretty much, in, for the entirety of his career, been around his defense and particularly his defense in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So if he wants to, you know, rehabilitate his value in the league as a free agent and, you know, opt out before next season and try to sign another deal for higher value than a minimum. Uh, it's all going to come down to what he does in the playoffs. And it was smart of him to sign with the Sixers, a team that's going to go to the playoffs because it's a chance for him to do that. You know, if he goes to a team that is, you know, one of the bottom feeders of the league, he'll put up numbers. He'll do great work on the offensive end, but no one is going to take him seriously as again, a guy you need in the playoffs. And th that's what he's trying to prove. But the Sixers, I think he'll have a chance to do that in small doses. That's a great point. Yeah, Trez has had that hanging over him, this idea that he can't be on the floor come playoff time. The teams will simply switch hunt him to death. We certainly saw it a little bit when he was with the Los Angeles Lakers. We got a you know up-close view at what can happen there. But 
with the 76ers, look, they've got championship aspirations. You'd have to figure they are a playoff lock at this point. I guess you never say never, given what happened with the Nets and our Lakers last season. But Montrez Harrell uh, has put himself in a spot where if he can go play some meaningful minutes for the 76ers come playoff time, he can go a long way towards proving that he isn't a guy that has to be benched come playoff time. So good. I think it's a good risk reward for Trez, and we'll see if he can cash in next summer on a new deal. Speaking of our Lakers, oh my goodness, Ron, there was Patrick Beverly got introduced to the media yesterday, but there was more buzz about not necessarily Patrick Beverly or the things that he said. And he did say some interesting things. He did make a few inflammatory comments, but most of the attention was on someone else. It was on Russell Westbrook because number one, Russell Westbrook was in the building. Number two, he actually attended the press conference. I, there's so much to break down here because, look, Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook, they have a long history of not liking each other at all. They don't get along. We've heard the trade rumors about Russell Westbrook, and there is Russ at Patrick Beverly's press conference. They give each other a little bro hug afterwards and everything. What were your takeaways from that moment and, and that situation that uh, played out for the Lakers yesterday? Yeah, I think uh... – Russell Westbrook is probably here to stay. Um, it, it would be difficult for the Lakers to, and obviously Russell Westbrook can show up wherever he wants to show up, uh, but it would be difficult for the Lakers to have him at that press conference knowing that they're about to trade him. I really think uh, the narrative surrounding the Lakers now, at least the one they're trying to push is, hey, we're going in with Russ. Like The trades were not out there the way we thought they were going to be. We're going in with Russ. Uh, and Patrick Beverly, look, he there are obviously some issues between he and Russ that we've seen in past years. But, I, you know, it seems like they are going to try and make it work. I don't know how that's going to happen once games are actually happening. It's very easy in the offseason to say, oh, no, we're all good. We're excited to play together. But then they actually have to play together. So I'm, you know, very intrigued to see how that goes for them. Uh, and I think we will actually get that chance because. For the first time in, in a while, it just doesn't feel like a trade for Russell Westbrook is even on the horizon, let alone about to happen. Yeah, Jake Fisher mentioned on the Lakers Nation podcast this morning that uh, that he doesn't think that something's ultimately going to happen with, with Russell, that the Jazz are pretty much the last option for the Lakers to move Russell Westbrook, and that he doesn't know if giving up both those picks to get what the Jazz could offer is really worth it. Uh, for the Lakers, if it's Boyan Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, who I think are valid players and are interesting pieces. But if if that's your return and you have to give up both the 2027 and 2029 first-round picks, that's a tough pill to swallow. And, and I think that's a good point that the fact that the Lakers had a press conference, that alone suggests that a trade probably isn't like imminent, right? If it was, they wouldn't be holding a press conference. And the fact that Russell Westbrook was in attendance at that press conference, it just... Yeah, it all adds up to it looking more and more like Russell Westbrook will start the year with the Los Angeles Lakers, which means we're going to get trade rumors all until he's not a Laker. We're going to be hearing Russell Westbrook trade rumors all the way up until the trade deadline because we still know that they would like to ultimately move him. Again, you never know. It takes one phone call in this league for things to turn around. So, look, he could be traded tomorrow. We don't know for sure, but it just feels like the way this is moving is that Russ will be on the team this coming season. Uh, what are your thoughts on Patrick Beverly and Russ playing side-by-side? Darvin Ham had some comments about that. Uh, can that work? 
on the basketball court purely skill wise i actually do think there is a decent fit there um i think the best type of guard to pair with russell westbrook is the type that can do all the things russell westbrook can't and that's play solid defense stay in front of your man and shoot the three ball and those are the two things patrick beverly does very well in this league it's the thing that has kept him in this league for so long he's a three and d guard and so I think if you're looking for a guard to pair with Russell Westbrook, you're saying, okay, someone that that does the things that Russ can't, so Russ can focus on being Russ and isn't trying to completely change his game in the middle of the game, which we saw, you know, some of that hesitation last year with him of like, you know, they want him to do something different than what he is, but there's no room for him to hide anywhere. So he's stuck playing defense on, you know, the team's best guard, the opposing team's best guard. He doesn't have to do that now. Patrick Beverly can can cover that. Austin Reeves can cover it a little bit. Like there, there is a better fit there. I, I like it. What I worry about is both on the court and off the court. What do their personalities look like together? Because yeah. when you're winning, everything is fixed. Everything is solved. They're going to be best friends if they're winning. But the second a losing streak comes around, the second an ugly blowout comes what happens? What happens to the two of them? What happens to their play styles? Do they start to clash? Uh, do they start to, you know, fight on the bench? There, there have been fights on the bench with Lakers players in the past couple of years. Like, is that going to happen? I, I have no idea. And I, I'm very intrigued to see what it looks like. I think the entire NBA is going to be keeping an eye on that relationship because of the potential for fireworks. You know, I, I put on my Instagram again, cheap plug at Trevor Lane NBA, uh, that it's a little surreal when you look at the picture that came out from the Lakers yesterday. You've got, first and foremost, you've got both, you've got Russell Westbrook in a Lakers jersey. You've got Patrick, or in a Lakers shirt. You've got Patrick Beverly in a Lakers shirt. The fact that either one of these guys is wearing a Lakers shirt, like if you told anybody that two years ago, they'd be saying you're crazy. And then the fact that they are both wearing a Lakers shirt and they're smiling together. It's like we were in this strange multiverse. I don't, I don't know what reality we're in right now. But Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook are both Lakers and are somehow looking like they're getting along. I, I don't know what happened, how we wound up in this place, but it's it's bizarre. And again, nobody would have ever believed it if we talked about this, what, uh, a year ago? A little over a year ago? Nobody would believe it. Yeah, I mean, this is, a, this is one of those situations where they're going to say whatever they're going to say. It's going to look fantastic. They're going to be happy. It's going to be great. What happens when they start to lose games? And they will. This is not a perfect team. They're not going to, you know, win 60 games. They're not going to win 50 games, probably. They may not win 40 games. Like, what's going to happen when they start to lose? And I think that's going to be what everyone's watching. This is very much the honeymoon phase for every team, for not just the Lakers, for every team in the NBA. Every team feels really good because they're all zero for zero. Nobody knows minutes or any of that kind of stuff. Everybody's feeling good. Everybody's in the best shape of their life. Everybody's put on the proverbial 12 to 15 pounds of muscle. Alex Caruso, maybe 25 pounds of muscle. You guys remember that whole meme. But um, yeah, this is the type of situation where it's going to be something to watch all season long. And we'll see what ultimately does happen. You mentioned losing games, particularly with this roster is not set up to make Russell Westbrook look good at all this is very much not a russell westbrook team i don't want to turn this into a lakers nation show but uh there's going to be some bumps in the road and we'll see how everybody handles it when that time comes all right from the lakers let's go to the opposite the celtics 
get a disabled player exception for Danilo Gallinari. Hated saying this. You know, at first it sounded like the Celtics had dodged the bullet, that Gallinari had dodged a bullet, and that he was going to be okay. And then we find out it was an ACL tear uh, for his knee. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't know why it took so long to figure that figure that out. It felt like we had what, at least a few days where the belief was that everything was going to be fine and that structurally he was good. Then it turns out that he's going to be out. Now they've got a $3.2 million disabled player exception, the Celtics do. Ron, there's not a lot you can do with a $3.2 million exception, but it's enough to where if you wanted to absorb a minimum guy, bring somebody in, you could do something like that. So I think there is there might be some utility here, but I wouldn't expect this to be any kind of a real meaningful addition here for the Celtics. No, I think this is one of those. They're going to start the season with the team they have. They're going to see what they're missing. And then if they find someone that fits that mold, they'll do that. Look, the Celtics are in, in, you know, uh, Danilo Gallinari, very, like you feel very bad for him. This was going to be a really perfect situation for him. Uh, Contend for a championship. The team needed this type of player off the bench for them a score first forward like this, this was going to be a really good fit for both sides to not have him for the whole year is, is very disappointing or probably for the whole year is very disappointing. Uh, but the Celtics are, are a really great team. Uh, they are going to be good with or without him. Um, it's just about using that, you know, disabled player exception. Hopefully you can find something around the margins that can sort of make up for what Gallinari brings, uh, which is a decent amount. He's a very underrated player, I think. Um, and so I think this is going to be one of those things where they just have to wait and see what their team looks like and what, what types of players are available, you know, around trade deadline time, around buyout market time. What, what does that look like? Now, what do you think about the persisting rumors that Carmelo Anthony could wind up in Boston? I mean, is this a, a like for like where you've got Carmelo being the bigger kind of scoring wing that can shoot the three a little bit? Could be a natural fit there to take over for Gallinari, even though they aren't exactly the same player. We did see that that Melo still has something left. He showed us that with the Lakers last season. So do you like that uh, for Boston to go turn to Carmelo Anthony, assuming that Gallinari is truly done for the season? Yeah, I think I think Carmelo Anthony would be a natural fit. You know, he's not the exact same player as Gallinari, but they do bring similar skill sets, like you said, a bigger forward, score first. Uh, I think Carmelo showed that he still has something in the tank uh, with the Lakers. He was one of their best players last season, which isn't saying a ton, but he That's was not one a of high bar. Last season. <laughs> um, 
So I think, you know, in, in a limited role, you know, you're not talking anything more than 10 to 15 minutes a night type of role. I think he'd be a pretty good fit. Uh, I think you could hide him defensively. Uh, you know, the Celtics have so much there, so much talent there defensively that you can absolutely find a way to just hide him. Uh, you know, he can be your worst defender. That's what they were going to have to do with Gallinari anyway. I do think Gallinari is a better defender than Carmelo Anthony by a, a decent margin. Um, but, you know, they were going to have to hide Gallinari, so I'm sure they can hide Carmelo. They're, they're just such a good defensive team. They've got the defensive pieces to make that happen. So I like that fit a lot if they do wind up going that route. But like you said, I think the Celtics are going to be good regardless. This hurts them for sure, but they've already made uh, some big additions. Getting Malcolm Brogdon, I think, will be huge. Again, health willing. We'll see. Um, Kemba Walker with the Detroit Pistons. I know a lot of people forget that he's with the Detroit Pistons. Uh, we heard like almost immediately, we started hearing that Kemba Walker is going to get bought out. Still hasn't happened. And now it's delayed indefinitely. And the reason for this is because Kemba Walker can't find a team. He can't find, if he gets bought out, let's say he gives back. Typically what you see happen is players will give back however much money they're going to get from their next team. So if it's a veteran minimum, let's just throw out, say, $2.6 million. Let's say Kemba Walker would say, I'm going to give back $2.6 million to the Pistons. So the Pistons pay him $2.6 million less. Kemba goes and he gets $2.6 million from some other team. Uh, and then he's made whole. He doesn't really lose any money, and he winds up getting to jump somewhere else where he can play more minutes. Maybe, you know, it's it, you jump to a playoff team, whatever. That's typically the way we see these buyout situations work. But the problem is Kemba is now hearing that there's nobody that's really interested in picking him up, so he's not willing to give back any money. And if he's not willing to give back any money, the Pistons have no reason to really waive him because all that does is cost them a potential trade asset. Once you waive a guy, you can't trade him. So you might as well keep that salary around in case some type of unforeseen deal pops up. So Kemba seems kind of stuck with Detroit for now, unless something happens where somebody needs a point guard and says to Kemba that they'll take him on. He's not going to want to give back more money just to go sit at home. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this? Is Kemba approaching this correctly? And are you surprised that he can't seem to find a landing spot? I'll, I'll tackle the second question first, actually. Yeah. I, I'm not very surprised that he can't find a landing spot. Kemba Walker, uh, you know, I, I love Kemba Walker. Um, at his peak, I was I guarantee I was one of his biggest fans. Absolutely loved him as a player. He has not been good in, in a pretty long time. Um, he, you know, the age, small guards, this is what happens to small guards. They age faster uh, than, than pretty much everyone else in the NBA. And he hit a decline pretty, pretty hard. And I think you're seeing the results of that now, which is he was essentially traded as a nothing to clear up cap room for the Knicks to sign Jalen Brunson. Uh, and now there's not even a team out there that'll say, hey, yeah, we'll bring you in for the minimum. Because if you're a rebuilding team, like even the Pistons, you don't want to give him minutes because it doesn't really fit your timeline. It doesn't really fit your development scheme. It, it, it's not great in, in any way. And if you're a contending team, you look at your point guard situation and you say, do we have two guys better than Kemba Walker? And odds are most playoff contenders, title contenders do have two guys better than Kemba Walker in terms of ball handlers. So it's, it's a really difficult situation for him to be in. Um, I, I believe at some point, uh, you know, an injury will happen, a trade situation will open up, uh, something will happen where he will get an opportunity, but I'm not surprised that it's being delayed. 
in, in, in this way, especially as we get into September, where this is the part of the season where everyone's happy with their team, where this is, this is the month where everyone's happy. So you got to wait for people to get unhappy. Who would you rather have right now, Ron, Dennis Schroeder or Kemba Walker? Dennis Schroeder, the player, is, I think, better. Uh, Kemba Walker, I think, is a little easier to fit into a team's chemistry and a team's culture. Uh, Dennis has a little bit of a history of being being difficult uh, where he goes, um, causing some locker room tension. Uh, so I think if you're looking for someone who's going to fit a culture better, Kemba Walker's absolutely that guy. I don't think anyone's ever said a bad word about Kemba Walker as a person. Uh, but I think purely as a player, Dennis Schroeder fits what today's NBA is all about, which is, you know, you you want your guards to be able to play play defense. These The score-only guards can only get you so far, especially come playoff time. So I think Dennis is is more of a fit for today's NBA as a player. And, and this is that's that, that's my point, right? If you are a team that suddenly finds yourself in need of a point guard and Dennis Schroeder is still sitting out there, now maybe you could say, well, we just want to find a guy that's going to fit. And so you call Kemba Walker, but Kemba's not the only player out there still. So he, depending on the team, he might not even be the top of the list if you have somebody who suddenly finds himself in need of a point guard. Their first phone call might be to Dennis Schroeder, might be to somebody else. Like that's how far Kemba has fallen to where I don't even know of the point guards that are available if he is the top guy on the market. So that's why this makes sense that this is kind of where we're at, but it's still, he's a big name, right? He's a big name. And so there's still that kind of shock from it. But when you really look at what the alternatives are that are out there, makes sense why, why this is happening. And we'll see. Ultimately, I do think it'll be resolved one way or another. Something will happen here, but I understand. Look, if I'm Kemp Walker, I don't want to give back $2.6 million if I'm not getting anything from another team. If I'm going to be sitting at home on the couch, either way, I'd rather get my full money than than not. I can't imagine the Pistons are going to bring him in and actually play him, right? No, I, I think I think both sides of this are playing it right. Um, I don't think Kemba should be in any hurry to get his buyout. Again, the, the, three, the two, three weeks before training camp, everyone's happy with their team, or at least like, they they're pretending to be happy with their team. Uh, I don't think any anyone's making a move for Kemba Walker right now. It's probably best to just wait uh, until training camp, until the season starts, and then you can you can negotiate that buyout at any time. The Pistons will probably grant it at any time. Like they they're cool. They're they're not in any hurry to to get this done. They're happy with what they have in terms of their development roster, their rebuilding roster. So I think this is one of those things where both sides are just going to sit and wait until the team calls Kemba and says, hey, it's time to bring you in. Let's do that buyout. All right, let's finish things up by jumping over to the Knicks. They thought they had the best offer for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, Obviously, (laughs) the Jazz did not agree because the Jazz sent Donovan Mitchell to Cleveland. But I wanted to get into this. I mean, you we talked about this a little bit off air. You really liked what the Jazz got in return for Donovan Mitchell. You're pretty happy. If you're Danny Age right now, you're happy, right? Yeah, and I think you know the Knicks are gonna are gonna say whatever. I think a lot of this is is PR, uh, you know, trying to say after the fact, like, no, we put together, like, basically telling the fans, hey, look, we tried. It's not our fault they picked Cleveland, right? Um, I the, think the Jazz like- the Jazz blew it. It's not our fault they made a mistake, right? That's yeah, like- that's kind of the message here. 
it, it's one of those this is this is a very common practice after a team loses a bidding war to say oh no 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 we like we did our work it's not our fault the the other party picked someone else you know that's whatever i i really like cleveland's offer i thought um i thought the jazz did really well for themselves to get three unprotected firsts two swaps uh or yeah i think it was two swaps um ocha Agjabi, which you know that's you're getting basically a fourth first round pick and then you get colin sexton at a, at a reasonable deal he's going to be very tradable at some point on this contract and then lowry markinen for uh you know for filler is, is fine but I think if you look at the Knicks offer, uh, I believe it was something along the lines of they offered three firsts. They're saying they offered three firsts, uh, R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin. Is that the rumor? I, there were, There's conflicting reports on exactly what was in, but something along those lines was out there that, that, that they made this big offer sometime in July. And, and But again, that was kind of the Knicks trying to put out there, look, we, we did our best. We did our best. But, you know, we've heard they weren't willing to give up you know, X number of unprotected first. They were concerned about that. And then I, I really do wonder the whole RJ Barrett extension thing that seemed like it was used as an artificial deadline um, that the, the, the Knicks kind of threw in there. Like, Hey, you guys better accept this offer. Otherwise we're going to extend RJ. And I know RJ Barrett's camp had, you know, there was some other things going on there as well, but I think that just kind of annoyed the jazz. And so Danny Ainge finally said, you know what? No, we're not going to do this. And uh, Cleveland, let's move this way. I, I really think that the Knicks kind of upset the Jazz. And because they had this other option that was out there that turned out to be pretty good, they just went that way. And really, I look at what they got. I've got to, if I was the Jazz, I'd be pretty happy with, with what they got in return. Who knows what happens with those picks? You could argue for the Knicks package. You could argue for the Jazz package, but or, or for the, uh, the Cavs package. But I think ultimately the Jazz did really well. And if the Knicks tried to mess around with them, tried to play hardball, I could see where there'd be a, a little bit of a, a positive vibe there in Utah if they got to say, well, Knicks, you played with fire and, and you got burned here. Yeah, and I, look, if the offer was three unprotected firsts, R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, okay. Yeah, they probably should have gone with the Knicks offer. That's correct. a really good offer. I have a hard time believing that that's what the offer was. Um, I, again, this feels like a case of we lost the bidding war. Let's just say whatever to make our fans believe that we tried really hard. Um, I, I don't. I don't fully believe that that was their best offer because that's a really good offer. <laughs> like that's that's a that's too good of an offer. And I think Danny Ainge and Justin Zanuck over with the Jazz are too intelligent to get that offer and be like, no, yeah, we're good. Like the, I, I don't see them turning that down, which makes it difficult. It makes it hard to believe that that was their offer. Um, I have to believe that the Cavs had the best offer. Uh, and that was a really, the, I think both sides in the Cavs and jazz deal. I think they both made out as winners there. The Knicks somehow are the losers of a trade that they weren't involved in. Um, and I think that's, I think that's really Knicks. So I'm, I'm really whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I mean, they were seen as the prohibitive favorite to get Donovan Mitchell for so long. For months. To now not get him, they've got to feel like like kind of losers in this situation because they didn't get the guy. I also thought it was funny that they timed their press release for R.J. Barrett for the exact same time when the Cavs deal was announced. Um, I don't know if that was just kind of like, hey, this is our, our consolation prize or whatever, but Keith and I talked about this. Like, I don't feel too terrible for R.J. Barrett because he's getting, what, $120 million. It's not like... It's not like I'm gonna gonna be shedding any tears or anything like that, but from the moment his extension was announced, it was like, here's this guy that has hit incredible levels of success and has now have has achieved generational wealth potentially here, right? With this with this next deal, and the initial tweet announcing that announcing that he had come to an extension was put in a very negative way by Adrian Wojnarowski as well. You know, now now a Knicks-Jazz deal is that much more difficult because of R.J. Barrett's extension. Almost like saying, making it sound like this is a terrible thing that's happening. And then when the Knicks make it official, it's at the same time as the Cavs and the Donovan Mitchell trade actually gets announced. So R.J. Barrett kind of lost all of the fanfare that really should have been there around his extension, all of the positivity. Again, not going to shed any tears. He's getting $120 million, but just not ideal. For, for RJ Barrett in the way this all played out. Yeah. And I, I really, it, it's, I'm, I'm disappointed in the Knicks for doing that. They announced it a few minutes after, or like one or two minutes after uh, the trade was, was announced. And I think a, a smarter, a smarter organization would have said, Hey, let's not announce this right now. Yeah. The trades this trade is about to go down. This is going to be a really big story. And if we put this out right now, it's going to be doubling down on the like we extended him therefore ruining our Donovan Mitchell trade chances and and his extension should not have been in any way tied to a trade that didn't happen um i think it would have been smarter for the knicks to just wait a day wait 5 hours just wait any amount of time before putting that out there just to just to let rj barrett have his moment like that's a huge moment he right. he deserved that like online fanfare moment like you said I, I i just feel like the knicks could have gone about that in a lot different way that was just like um what the lakers did with Pau gasol announcing that his jersey was going to be retired at the same time as the lebron extension came came to light um and there was something else that happened that day i think it was the schedule release the schedule release that's that's what it was and i'm like but you could say, well, you didn't anticipate LeBron's extension leaking. You thought it was going to wait a day or something. But you knew the schedule was getting released. Like, give give Pow his moment and just announce it on a day when nothing else was happening. You knew the schedule was getting released that day. 
not cool. And now we see RJ Barrett kind of dealing with the same thing again. It's not like the worst. It's not the end of the world here or anything like that, but just not great from an organizational perspective. All right. That about does it for today. Appreciate everybody joining us. Make sure you do subscribe to the NBA front office show on YouTube. Don't forget to go follow us over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts as well. Ron, thanks so much for coming in here and, and saving the day. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, glad to uh, glad to be able to fill in. I hope Keith gets back on here soon, though, because I can never fill his shoes uh, quite the same way. So I hope that AC gets fixed. Well, we are all uh, thinking cool thoughts for Keith as he tries to uh, tries to get that AC situation fixed, so he can actually, you know, get back into his house. Uh, hopefully that works out well for him soon. But again, thank you, Ron. And thank you everybody for listening and watching till next time. See ya and stay safe.